0: Just got into some, in, into some crazy kind of stuff out there for a while, and I, I still felt this tug. I felt this, hey, tapping me on the shoulder, you know, look at what happened to you, and look at where you are, and look at where you've, where you've come. Don't forget how you got there. Mm. So my, my philosophy on, on life started changing a little bit. And
1: Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast, and here's your host, Benny Fisher. This episode of the Big Fish Cares podcast is a little bit different from some of the ones you guys have been listening to, only because this is one of our team members. He's going to be a guest today. Harry Klaus is a actually a new project advisor, um, salesperson for some of you people that might not know what a project advisor is. Harry's joined our team earlier in the year. Welcome to the show, Harry. You have an incredible story, so I wanted to have you on. Thanks, Benny. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is, uh, I remember when I first met you, I think it was back in, probably over Zoom. I remember, you remember that Zoom interview? I do. Yeah, tell, tell everybody what that was like for you, like the interview process at Big Fish.
0: The interview process at Big Fish was totally different than anything I've ever been involved with from an interview standpoint. Uh, the big difference was it, it, it felt to me immediately like Big Fish was just a family. And you could feel the the, the energy emanating from within but more than anything you could feel that there's a culture here and there's a difference between what what happens at big fish than there is in in most companies and that's the thing that really drew me here to begin with it's i I think you and i have had that discussion more than once about you i I was looking for some place to go where where the culture was the most important thing to me and that that's probably what i got the most out of those interviews that we did yeah
1: because you're not a young guy Nope, yeah anymore right. am like, I feel young, you know, but- yeah yeah of course yeah but like you know when you pick your next place the where you want to like call home right like it's probably even more meaningful for someone like you than you know anybody else because you've probably been at a lot of different places right
0: I have and I think one of the things that I said to, to you I think I said it to you but I definitely said it to rob was yeah I'm, I want to pick one more place I want to go someplace where I can have a major impact uh, not only on the business but on the people and i want to have an impact on the culture and i want to call it basically this is home this is where i'm going to where i'm going to retire from why is that so important to you i've been a lot of different places i've done a lot of different things in my life and one of the things i've kind of learned as i've gone along is is that business is business and some businesses come and they come and they go and some businesses flourish and some businesses fail but what winds up happening is the people are always left behind and making an impact on the people, even if the business fails, making an impact on the people is what's most important. So I think that one of the the, the best things about Big Fish is, is the amount of care that goes into making sure that the culture here is good and that the people here are well taken care of and involved.
1: And you, you, and I guess you, you know, you you can sense that a little bit through the interview process. But then in the interview process, you're only meeting with a couple of us, right? So yeah. like you know, and again, we can make everything look like glitz and glamour on websites and um, you know, advertisements and brand stuff, but like but now that you've been here, like tell me like like how do you feel now that you've been actually a part of it and you've experienced it?
0: It's like nothing I've really ever experienced. And, and, and explain
1: and, that though. Cause like people are like, you know, that's just a big buzzword.
0: Well it, it, it's really not. And and what what it comes down to for me is you know everybody talks about culture and, and, and those sorts of things. What it comes down to for me is in most companies you go to, and I've been in a lot of large companies, I've been in a few small companies, but especially in large companies, everybody's infighting, everybody's fighting against each other, and oftentimes the goals are against each other, and here at Big Fish, nobody's out to get anybody else, nobody's fighting against anybody else. The collaboration here is absolutely amazing. And the cool thing about it is, is that collaboration is all driven to the best thing that there can be. And that's driven to making sure that the customer is taken care of, the customer is helped, and that the customer is satisfied. And, man, I'll tell you what, if every, everybody in, in business in the United States did that, can you imagine the amount of businesses there would be around Why here? don't they? Sometimes I think, Ben, it comes down to the money. You know, and I, I think you get people involved and it's like, well, I can make more money if I do this, or I can make more money over here if I cheat on this, or, or maybe if I cut a few corners here or a few corners there, I can do a little better, get my profit up. You know, it's not like that here. I, I, and it's kind of funny because I heard some of those stories about, well, hey, you know, we went out and took care of this, or we went out and took care of that, and it wasn't backed up by GAF. And it's like, wow, who does that?
1: <laughs> I didn't know there was another way.
0: <laughs> I was like,
1: I don't know. My reputation means so much to me. So, like when I started the company, and I didn't have as many people here. You know, I just, you know, just we just did that. You know, because I was like, well, I can't have. I don't want anybody to say anything bad about us, right? You right. know, and I don't want, you know, not even say anything bad about us. I actually don't want that customer to experience like pain, right? Like because mm-hmm. you know they called us to solve a problem, not to create more of a problem. And I know that sometimes. You know, customers can, you know, customers just like team members, just like myself, we all have, we all have our own perspective of like what happened and why it happened. And, you know, sometimes we have to sort through some of that stuff, but what are some of the other things that you've noticed, you know, the the difference between pre-hire versus like post-hire now that you've been here over 90 days, like what, um, I don't know, give me some other things that you've noticed. 'Cause I'm I'm not in the day-to-day anymore, right? So right. I actually am genuinely asking you these questions kind of twofold. First of all, we're shooting a podcast. Second of all, I actually want to know like what happens when I'm not around anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think probably the second thing that I noticed right out of the shoot was with this this company's built to grow. And I, I, I think a lot of it had to do with you and I think a lot of it had to do with Rob, but the, the things that we have in place here, the systems that we have in place here, the technology that we have in place here, it's like walking into a Fortune 150 company. I, it, you really? would never know you're in a small company. Uh, I've never been in a Fortune 150 uh, absolutely. company. Absolutely. One time. Yeah. And and, right. and, and I, and I got to tell you, it's what we do here has the feel of what happens in, in giant companies. Really? Not in a bad way. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. saying in a good way. Yeah. And this company is built to grow because the things that we're putting in place now and the practices we have in place now – all those things are what you need to grow a big company and, and to run a big company, but we're used to doing it. We do it every day. But give me an example of like one or two things. Like, Well, just like when we sit down and, and, and we do our sales meetings, one of the first things we do is we go through basically the company culture. We go through the things that we stand for. And the other thing that, that really amazed me is, is the fact that there there's certain different parts of, of the business that are all put together. There's certain systems that are put together that that always happen on the same. Like for example, uh we I have a one-on-one with Joe. You mean like our meeting week. agenda? The meeting, yeah, so the like meeting agenda. We,
1: like checking, we go over the data, we go over the to-dos, the the rocks, the issues. Yeah, like, that, yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. it. The rocks, the issues, just, the, it's those a, it's things. The same meeting every single time. Now, obviously we talk about different things, but it's at least you're going to get in you're going to start on time and end on time
0: and The other part of that, though is 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 that everybody's always checking in with everybody else. I mean, like I have just going to say yo know, joe and i have have our our one on one every week and that's where i can raise my issues to joe joe talks to me about things he has going on and it's not like we don't talk a lot during the week yeah. anyway but there's an official forum for everybody to basically have their feedback and that it doesn't lot of times, happen everywhere it doesn't happen most places it really doesn't what? at least not from my experience yeah well i mean it's good to know i like that i mean i I kind of i
1: I always had this dream you know obviously when i first started the company i just wanted to survive you know i wanted to make sure i could take care of me and my family and then when i realized we were hiring you know we needed to hire more help because like you know customers demanded you know they wanted more they wanted more roofs done right and i'm only one person and like you know caesar and his crews only one couple crews and it's like all right well we need to hire people right and I always wanted to create a place where, you know, people felt that like they were valued, right? People felt like they were doing a good job, right? People felt like there's a way to like, you know, like, you know, you don't have to be stuck in the same position for the rest of your life, right? Like where we can grow. And I realized that like to grow, you just got to keep doing a great job. You got to keep repeating that. You got to keep, you know, adding people. You got to be able to create, finding new ways to like, you know, get more business and that's, you know, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's the part where like a lot of companies kind of give up and stop, right? Like, especially smaller companies. It's like they get to a point where I guess the owner's satisfied, you know, because he's making enough money that he can, like, go on his vacations and do his things with his family. But it's like, all right, now, but what about the, the rest of the team? And what, like, so you like the way that the meetings are going. Is there anything else that you've noticed that, that's different about here that you're like, wow, like, this is cool?
0: yeah quality drives everything here all right and, and i i think i knew that before i came on board because of some of the discussions i had mm-hmm. but i really didn't know i really didn't know yeah, yeah, yeah until i got here what's really involved in that and and you know, all the things that go into to to being rated as highly with gf as as we are and in doing the things that we do it's it's the the education here and the training here and the commitment to quality here is just it, it's amazing. We do do a
1: lot of training. Um, we, in the early days, I feel like I didn't have time to like be able to do that training stuff. But now, because... We've done a good job for customers. We have good people here. We have people that can help facilitate that, right? Like, it's not just like me or Rob or Joe getting up in front of the room, right? Like, you know, we have other people that kind of facilitate that. We have team members that can kind of show their show off their expertise in one certain area, right, and kind of teach other people. How's that?
0: Uh, how's that is that different than other companies? It's a lot different than other companies. That's it really cool. Is. It is. Well, that's good. Yeah, the, the environment that we have here is just it, all it, right. It, well. it, it's, it's amazing. You see me smiling a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that's because, because I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, Well, really that's happy. good. Yep. So tell me, like, what what was your you know what was your journey like? Where did you grow up around here? Like, yeah, I originally grew up in Pittsburgh. Uh, went to Duquesne University and came out of there and worked for Sears for a little while because everybody worked for Sears. You know, either Sears or Stanley. That's that was always the joke. Stanley Hardware, Sears. Everybody worked there at one point all time right. or another. Uh, And and basically worked there for a while. I wanted to go into management there, went into their management training program, and it was full. And long story short, so I went to work for another Pittsburgh company called General Nutrition and worked for them for about a year and a half. And that's when they were just starting to grow and go public. And and that really wasn't a a good fit for me. So I went to work for what was at that point not a small company, but a much smaller company than it turned out to be. And it was called American Hardware. It was up in Butler. And I started out there, believe it or not, as a system buyer trainee. And, and went in there and learned how to be a buyer and then became basically a buyer and then wound up managing a team of buyers. And over a period of time, I actually had, had the opportunity to run their import department for a while and, and then got into sales after that. But the thing about that was Service Star and True Value, two giant companies, decided to merge and mm-hmm. became a super giant company. So I get to to be involved in a lot of that. And the cool thing about that for me was first of all, being able to travel around the world and, and, and from the import standpoint, being able to see some things that most people really never get a chance like to where, see. Like where would you go? Uh, I was all over Southeast Asia, all That's over cool. Southeast Asia. I, I spent a lot of time in, uh, in South America, actually probably one of the few people that, that you know that actually flew into and was actually in Medellin Columbia during the drug crisis. I flew in on a private jet. Oh, wow. Yeah, was, that was pretty cool. You've been in a private jet. I've been in a lot of private jets. I'm still jets. trying to get in a private
1: jet, man. <laughs> I haven't I'm, even done I've that I've actually yet. been in a
0: lot of private jets, yeah.
1: All right, so if somebody's watching, I still want to ride in a private jet. I've seen them on TV. I've seen them on social media. They kind of look cool. I mean, they, they, are, they are. You
0: don't cool. have to like wait at the airport. Uh, no, you don't. And <laughs> the nice thing about them is they're fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're fast and they're cool. So you've seen the world, man. That's awesome. I've seen a lot of the world. And, and the thing about that. That really has kind of, I guess, been a, a major factor in who I've become. I think though is getting a chance to see what the world outside this country looks like. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was one of probably one of the first people from a buying standpoint, you know, from from a a consumer buyer standpoint that went into China, and that was back in the days when China was trying to put a a, a good face out front, but a lot of the factories were in the backwoods and. You get out there and you see some of the poverty and these people are working at that time for pennies an hour and you see how bad things really are. And you get to places like Vietnam and some of the other countries in the world. And man, I gotta I got to tell you, the first few times I went over there, when I landed in the United States, man, I wanted to get down on my knees and kiss the ground. It's, we, we don't sometimes realize, I think, as, as Americans, how good we really have it, mm. we really do. And we complain a lot and all that stuff, you know, in politics and all that other stuff, but we really have a great country here and, and Unfortunately, and, and until you're really involved in that and, and you're, you're really in a place where you're, you're, you're kind of in the country and you're seeing what's happening and you see what really goes on, you don't really get a good feel for it. You know, so people read it and they see these movies and they see it on TV and they see it on the news. I got a I got news for you. Till you're out there walking in a rice paddy to get to a factory and you see what people eat and it's not much during the day and you see that they live in the factory in a small little room about the size of the room that we're in right now. You get a real good feel for how really good we have as mm. Americans. You really do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never saw any of that before. Like, I, I've been to Mexico one time on a mission trip and kind of like was out in the country, and you know, and it was definitely humbling. That's for sure. But. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know, what Southeast Asia is like. I can't imagine what China's like. You know, some of those like places where like they don't have video cameras, right? I think they don't they don't they don't put cameras there. Nobody wants to know what's what's probably going on over there. What um what was life like growing up here in Pittsburgh? You know, tell us about like your family, your mom and dad, you have brothers
0: or sisters? I had one sister. She actually passed away here right uh, right after Christmas this year, but uh grew up in believe it or not Aetna, small little town up north of here and uh, pretty poor, to be honest with you. My dad Like, worked, what kind uh, of
1: poor? See, poor's relative, right? Like, when
0: you say poor, I might take it differently. Cody might take it differently. Absolutely. So what kind of poor? Describe the poor. Well, poor to me is my dad worked in the steel mill, and and he, he did all right in the steel mill. I think it was Armco at that point. Yeah. And when when the steel mill closed down, he literally went from one job to another job to another job, was, was on... um They didn't really call it welfare at that point. It was unemployment and some other stuff like that. But I still remember being a boy. I don't know. I was probably... 4 years old, 5 years old. Dad would put me in the old red rider wagon kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it pulled me down to the playground because they were giving out like blocks of cheese and food and things like that. So I, I remember doing that very vividly because we really didn't Like have who was all giving that. it
1: out? It, it was it's just like pantries and like like, like, like a food pantry kind of thing. Okay. It was like
0: a once a week kind of thing. You went down and got a box. It was because and you
1: had to go down there because like you couldn't really
0: afford to buy cheese. No, didn't have money, didn't have money to do it. It was it, it was the way to go and well, one of the stories that, that really affected me as a child is I remember, you know, things, were, things would get better and then they'd kind of go back to being that way again. And finally, my dad got, got on with a, with a job and he was doing pretty good. And, you know, we were, still weren't making a whole lot of money. And my mom went out and cleaned houses, you know, three or four times a week. But there was one day we were shopping and I forget what store it was. It was probably like one of the old... Stores you probably don't even know about, Kreskies or Woolworths or one of those Woolworths. Stores. I remember Lord? Woolworths that's when I was a them? kid, there was still Woolworths around. Yeah. I remember going in there, and then there was, I'd always go over to the toy department, you know, and I was looking at this one toy, and it was a little, um, it, it was a little like truck that had like a tractor, like a crane on the back, yeah. like a tractor kind of thing. And I was always into tractors, and I guess that's why I'm in the building industry. But yeah, I, was, I always wanted to be a tractor driver when I was a kid. That's, yeah. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And, I was looking at this thing, mom's like, Well, you really like that, don't you? And you know, I really do. And she says, Why don't I have money to buy it? You know, we, we don't have money for that. She said, Is there anything? How much was that? it? That's probably two bucks, something like yeah. that, three bucks. I don't remember what it was. So why don't you go over and get some of these little army guys or whatever it was for, Some you know, G.I. Joe's like a or things. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the little plastic army guys. Yeah, yeah the cheap ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I used to get buckets of them, right? Like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I remember being there and 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 you know, she said, Well, why don't you go with your dad over there for a minute? So I went over to go over with my dad and we're checking out, and here she has his tractor. So we get out of the store. I'm like, how did you afford to pay for that, just, well, we decided not to buy some other things, and, you know, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. And I said, well, why'd you do that? And, and she's like, because you're my son. You know, that's what, what you do when, when you're a parent. That's what you do. You, you take care of your kids. But she knew that that was so important to me at that point, and mm. it, so, some of those memories are just not really having much, and I think that probably helped me in my life in a lot of ways. It may have even hurt me a little bit in some ways, because sometimes I think it, there were times in my life where... I was driven by money rather than be driven by rather than being driven by the right things. You know. Yeah, early
1: on in your life, I feel like the same yeah. kind of thing. I, I don't think I. There was probably times in my life where I was like, like I don't know about that poor – You know what? There was times. You know, I, when I was five years old, six years old, my mom and dad got divorced. Um, my mom worked at the grocery store, making probably like you know four bucks an hour. Um, you know, and even at that time, my dad. I think was like a general manager of a Denny's. Um, So obviously they, you know, and there was three kids and, uh, but when they got divorced, you know, that, that came, that became really tough, you know? And I know my grandma was there to help my mom out, you know? And I think my mom got a lot of help. So I never really felt like, I didn't know like I was poor, but like, if I look back and think about that, I'm like, yeah. Like, I can't even imagine what, like how to minimum wage, People can even support three kids like I and like today. Like I, I, I it's like I almost feel like so disconnected from that sometimes. And like when you tell that story about you know being in uh, you know Asia and seeing that about your own story, and I start to think back to my childhood. I'm like, you know, we are blessed. Like in this, even like even the poor today is not the poor even of twenty years ago or thirty years ago or even like you know again I'm 41, so like even 35 years ago, it's like a different kind of poor. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, like, hey, what's your kind of are like what's your poor, right? Because like, you know, when people say middle class, well, like what's your middle class? Well, what's your rich? Like it's all relative, right? What was the first thing like like that you ever was there was there any times like, you know, through school or high school or any other stories like that where it was just like, man, you just like went without because like you but you saw the other kids like what they were able to get, right?
0: You know, I I gotta give my parents credit because I never went without. Mm. They would. Ooh, I never did. Okay. They would always make sure, and I didn't always have everything I wanted. Yeah, of course, far from that. Yeah, but, but I always had everything that I needed. Mm. Okay, uh, so I, I don't really have a story where I necessarily went without something.
1: Yeah, like the the, the heat was always on. You know, the the water bills. The, yep. the, the water was coming out. Yeah, those well, all the when I think back
0: need. about it, though, one one of the funny things is is you know, today it's nothing for us to go out to dinner, right? You, know, you decide, hey, I want to go out to dinner. Let's go out to eat and things like that. We never went out. Oh, yeah. Sure, we ne- never went out
1: to eat when I was like, I mean, like, you know, you're <laughs> old enough to be my dad, right? Like, and like <laughs> yeah. we never went out. One time for our birthday, and it was never anywhere like we can go today. It was like, you know, it was like a $10 meal or something like that. It was like, it was one upgrade, one tick past McDonald's. Yep. You know, we used to go to McDonald's a lot, but like, never like out to a nice restaurant.
0: Well, until my dad actually got on with it with his his second secondary job, we didn't even go to McDonald's. I mean, it was like a big thing for us was going to Dairy Queen, you know, and getting, and get getting an ice cream, cream get ice cream. Yeah, cream getting, that was a big thing. But yeah. yeah, but then then it became like McDonald's was kind of like a thing. But nobody really ever you know went out to dinner or anything like that. Yeah, so it, it's it, it's so different. It's like the t- we you've do. seen it
1: all, man. Like over the last sixty years, yeah. man, you've seen, you've seen a lot. Seen you've seen a lot. So you mentioned something like you know maybe growing up poor you know maybe drove you towards like wanting to chase money right talk to us a little bit about like what was life like after high school like you know what kind of decisions did you make that you think back and like wow like i was chasing the wrong thing it kind of made me who i am but like you know maybe it was not the maybe it was the not the right way to do it
0: well i i think coming out of college you know in 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 Eventually, when I wound up in the hardware industry with American Hardware, you know, I hit the ground running, and I actually had some pretty good success right out of the right out of the shoot. So, being a young guy at that point, I was 23, 24, 25 years old. You start to get ahead of yourself in your head, and you start thinking maybe that you're more than what you really are, and you start more thinking, cocky. Uh, yeah, more yeah. than a little cocky. Oh. You start thinking that maybe I ought to be telling other people what they need to be oh, doing. You know, wow. that that kind of thing yeah, like yeah. that. So. You know, and you just get this false sense of, 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 power. And, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that, that I had to learn in my life is, Hey, Hey man, you really don't have power over anybody. You know, you got to take care of, of who you are and your people will follow you. If, if you're somebody who who can lead and people will follow you if you're somebody who they believe in, but nobody's ever going to follow you just because you tell them, I think you should do this. Yeah. Especially when you're wrong, <laughs> you know? That's so true. So you know, it, t- it took me a few years to kind of figure that out. And, um,
1: did, did you ever get like that? See, I found myself getting like that with my parents when I was, like, you know, in my early, like, late 18, 19, 20, early 20s. I would, like, find some success, like, temporary success, and I'd be like, see, Mom and Dad, like, look, I can make it, right? Like, you know, because I I grew up kind of, like, you know, with, with parents that, like, you know, had really, you know, they decent jobs. They always went to work, right? They worked hard, but, like, you know, they, they they never had enough, right? Like, they just, like, they never had And I wanted to go out and get more, Right. And then when I got more, I'd be like, oh, look, see, you can do it. But it would never last that long, right? Because then I would like, you know, the typical salesperson, right, where they they, they make some money and then like, you know, they, they didn't for a while, right? Because you would get too big for your britches. At least that's what happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we did a sales training here just uh, about a month ago, um, we were asking people to kind of go around and, and talk about some things that they might have overcome, some adversity that they'd overcome. And you had a really good story. you mind sharing that story? <laughs> Which one? There's a bunch of well, them. Well, <laughs> the one about the I think the car accident. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, beat, the car accident. You're well, that, a, you're, yeah. That,
0: that that that's a great. That, that's kind of where I got to. Where I was going with that story I was telling you a minute ago. It it did you kind of get ahead of yourself sometimes? and You start thinking that maybe you're more than who you are. Okay. So we were, we were out one night I think a bunch of us and and we were out partying and I yeah I was drinking a little bit. I was definitely not drunk, but I'm, I'm driving home and at that point I still lived in shaler but i was working in butler and i'm driving home you, you know Route eight north obviously yeah. and it's before they widened the road a little bit and i'm driving home in a semi i was in the right lane and the semi kind of pushed me off the side of the road and it was in a place where unfortunately the road fell off deeply on, on the right hand side and the car literally went sideways first and then end over end five times and i wound up sort of in a tree um don't remember a whole lot of... In fact, luckily, I don't remember the accident at all. The, the first thing that I can remember is actually waking up in, in the ambulance on on the way to the hospital. And we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, the thing about that whole thing was, was first of all, I'm glad that I don't remember the accident. Because I think it would probably would have been terrorizing. But uh, that was before the seatbelt laws went in. So it, somewhere, as the car is doing what the car is doing, I get tossed out. They say, at least they think anyway, I get tossed out the back window of the car. All right, so... I'm pretty banged up, but uh, they, they take me to to the hospital, and, and as we're going to the hospital, the, the ambulance is going around the bend, and I guess he was in a big hurry or something like that, and going around the bend, and he took, didn't take the bend right, and there was a little berm in the road there, and he hit the berm in the road, and the ambulance started tipping a little bit, okay? That woke me up. That was one of the first things that I remember, because it really hurt. Wow, Because yeah. the pain kind of woke yeah, me up. yeah. yeah. But, I, yeah, I got got into the hospital, and, you know, my mom and dad obviously were there. And luckily for me, one of the doctors that was in the practice that, that we had as, as family physicians at that point was the director of medical services at UPMC at St. Margaret's, and, and he was there. And I really don't remember a whole lot about what he said or what he did or anything, but I just remember him saying, you're going to be okay. And then I was out. And I was out probably for... I don't know, probably a week and a half or two weeks, just in a coma. That's, really? Yeah, just out. And, wow. and what they told what, what they told me was the reason for that is the body just shuts itself. When you get to a point where the pain is too great, the body just shuts itself down. It's it, it's going to take it. Does it on purpose. It does it on purpose, right. So the next thing I, I, I can remember is I can remember waking up one one morning, I guess it was, and I was in intensive care and uh, obviously in, in, in a lot of pain. Uh, I, I literally broke every bone in my body at least once. Broke every ribbon my in, in my body at least twice. At How least, are you still alive? I don't know. Grace of God. That's what it is. I uh, broke my pelvis five times, both hips, uh, both legs. Uh literally when I woke up in the hospital the first time, hmm. I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. I, I could not the only thing I could do is blink my eyes. I could turn, my head, move I could your turn my head a little bit. Couldn't move anything. Anything. And I woke up and luckily for me there was a, um, it was like a medical assistant. Somebody, somebody was standing there when I opened my eyes. and They, they immediately called a, a, a doctor in, and the doctor came in. He was a young guy, and he said, how are you doing, Mr. Klaus? And I said, I'm really in a lot of pain. He said, I, I kind of suspect that. And he said, we're giving you something for the pain. Do you still feel in a lot of pain? I said, I'm still feeling a lot of pain. And he proceeds to tell me, he, says, he, well, he asked me a couple questions. He said, do, do you smoke? I said, I've never smoked ever in my life. He said, do you smoke pot? Do you smoke anything like that? I said, I never smoked anything in my entire life. I, I, I said, why, why are you asking me this? And he goes, when we did your your x-rays, he said, there's a bunch of black marks all over your lungs. He said, it almost looks like you have lung cancer. Now Remember, I had just woken up <laughs> from a coma, okay? Yeah. Uh, and this guy was an intern, all right? And I, I just blanked out. I, I was back. I was out. I was, I was probably out for maybe another day. Uh, and I woke up again. And as soon as I woke up, they brought my doctor in immediately. And he said, look, I I know what that intern told you. He said, the thing about being an intern is you're learning, okay? And he said, what he didn't know at that point was when you have severe trauma like you had, when you snap as many ribs as you snapped front and back, you get little, not punctures in your lung, but you get little dents in your lung all Mm -hmm. over the place. He said, that's what we're seeing in the x-ray. He said, there's like little dents in the lung. He said, it's gonna take a few months for that to heal. He said, but that's what he was saying. He said, so don't worry about that. You don't have cancer. I'm like, well, that's good. <laughs> I said, but I can't move. He said, well, that's good and bad. He said, that's good news and bad news. He said, the bad news is you can't move. He said, the good news is we have no reason to believe that you're paralyzed. He said, there's no no breaks in your spinal cord, nothing like that. He said, so I don't want you worrying about that. He said, what I want you to know, though, is he said, I probably should put you in a body cast. He said, but the fact that you can't move is actually working to your advantage, because body casts are pain, they're etchy, all that stuff like that. So I'm gonna just let you basically lie in bed. When you get to the point where you start to move, then we'll talk about whether we need to do a body cast, depending on how you're healing. So I probably went for, I don't know, it was probably another week or two that I really couldn't move much, but I started to get some feeling in my fingers. And then they sat so me up. you just laying there. Just, just but but you can but your, but your brain's still working. My brain's working, but I was in and out. I mean, they still had me really drugged. Oh, I mean, really So I, TV?
1: I, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I, how old you were, know, were you when this happened? 25. Wow.
0: Yeah, well, it wasn't a whole lot of stuff going Young on. Young man still. You know. Yeah. And then um, I remember waking up one morning, and uh, I, I just woke up, and my fingers were moving. And, you know, the doctor came in again. He says, okay, he says, I, I think we're at a point now where we're going to take you upstairs. I was still in intensive care. We're gonna take you, we're gonna take you upstairs, and the only thing I remember about him telling me that was he said that they needed to do a scan, they needed to do X rays and a scan before they take me upstairs because they wanted to see you know exactly what what was healing and what wasn't healing. And I don't know if you know how they move people from one bed to another. You basically pick up the sheets and they move them, right? Oh yeah, they don't. Yeah, my body's broken. Yeah, everywhere.
1: Everything hurts. Most
0: it. intense pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Just sliding you over. I just screamed. I just literally screamed. Yeah. Wow. So they put me, they put me back out like immediately and you know, just put me back out to do the test and everything. So then I wake up, up in my room. Okay. And uh, I can move my hands now and you know, my arms are starting to get a little bit of feeling back in a bit, but still not great. St. Margaret's Hospital had just been built, the new St. Margaret's over here in uh, in Aspen Mall. The old one was down in Lawrenceville. And I'm up on the fifth floor and I can see out, I can see Route 28 out, out in the back there. So at least it gave me something to watch during the day. I can watch TV now and everything. And nurse comes in and she says, um, do you feel like eating, Mr. Klaus? She said, the doctor said you can you can have some scrambled eggs. And I said, well, I can try that. So tried that and kind of made me a little bit nauseous and made it through the day. And my parents were great. They were there. My sister, everybody was there. And it gets to be nighttime. Everybody goes home. And, and you know, the night crew comes in. And it, I don't know, it was probably a little after midnight. And I'm my, my days and nights are mixed up now because I've been out so long, right? Yeah. So I'm watching TV. And all of a sudden, the fire alarm in the hospital goes off. Okay. Now I can't move. I can mm. I can kind of lift my hands a little bit. <laughs> Do you have a button you can at least press? Oh yeah, I had a button I could press. <laughs>
1: hey, can someone can someone help me out?
0: <laughs> but, but here's the funny thing about it is all the doors automatically slam shut. It's Was like, it just a drill? Yeah. Wow. Oh. But, you didn't but know they that. didn't. Well, neither did the hospital. Ah. so I'm but I'm hitting the nurse button, I'm hitting the nurse button. Nobody's answering, and I'm like, "Oh, great!" Oh. So I lived the Drill's through, not going so very so well. I lived through this whole ordeal, right? Only to die in a hospital fire, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. And oh. I'm freaking out. I must have pushed that button a thousand times, you know. And finally, you know, the nurse comes in. She said, "I'm so sorry for that. They didn't tell us what was going to happen, but I guess the fire marshal must have come in and just hit the button to see what the response time was going to be." All right, great. Failed. Next, <laughs> next, next night they do the same. Did it all over again. Did by you? now? No, they didn't tell anybody. But but uh-huh. but by now, at least I knew kind of what was going on. So, but then feeling started coming back slowly, and um, yeah, you know, I started being able to move my toes and legs and things like that. And the the next thing I remember, one of the biggest milestones was they sit you up, okay, and they sit you up in bed. And sitting up in bed is much different than actually sitting up in a chair. So what they do is they move you over onto they move you flat over onto a. Like, like like a portable chair kind of thing, mm-hmm. but as they sit you up, they actually push the back of the chair up and then they bend your legs down. I just started puking, wow, wow. because my equilibrium was off from being laid flat for so long. And, and I can remember I started puking and then the pain from literally sitting up. And they, then they did that you know a few times a day until I finally get make equilibrium back and everything. And from there on out, it just it started was just progress. Had to how to learn how to walk. How to learn how to walk all over again. Um, you know, so basically how, long, I how how to long, do it how
1: long from the time you went into the hospital to the time they let you go?
0: From the time I went in until they actually let me go home, I believe was somewhere in the vicinity of about nine to ten weeks. And then and then I was in and therapy. then were you
1: living at your own house
0: or did you? I, I was living with my parents at that point. So I you mean, were but you, but you were living with your parents even though like, yeah, even before well, the wreck. Right. My parents' house is kind of funny. They had a house, but there there was a set of stairs that could get I could get upstairs, so I kind of like had my own little like. Apartment, gotcha. All
1: right. So then, so so basically, you're at you're, you're at mom and dad's, you know, because that's where you lived. How long until like you were like I don't know, able to like know, I'm sure you're to rehabilitate, right? Like, oh yeah, I, I
0: was I was literally in physical therapy for about a year and a half.
1: Okay, like no job, like, can't work. No, I,
0: I was actually able to go back to work. Here's the cool thing. Here's one of the coolest things there is. And you know, you, you say a lot of things about big companies, right? And and how bad they can be and how tough mm-hmm. they can be. When I finally got my, my faculties back to me, I remember my, my boss, the VP, uh, his name is Paul Pence, he, he, he walked into the hospital, it was the first time I'd see him, and he said, look, he said, I want you to know, first of all, you're going to be out for a while, but you still got a job. A. Okay? Second thing he said is he said, I don't care what you do, I don't care if you do anything until you get back, he said, but if there's something you'd like to do to keep yourself busy, you let me know. And I said, Okay. So they had this, um, they used to call it the Policies and Procedures Manual for the buying <laughs> department, okay? And it was antiquated. I mean, it was, it was it was so bad. And I said, as he's walking out the door, I said, hey, Paul. So what? I said, how about if I rewrite the Policies and Procedures Manual? He goes, well, that'd be a great thing. So that gave me something to do during the day when I was sitting there in the hospital. So I think it was probably month eight. This is back before computers, though, right? It's back before computers. Yes, yeah, so I did it all so by I'm hand. Thinking like I'm thinking like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I'm doing right? it by hand, right? I think month eight, I finally was able to get back and actually spend a day a week in the office. Wow. If yeah, somebody drove me and come back and it was uh it was almost a year before I was able to drive.
1: What did this whole process teach you? Like
0: it, what were you, like it, it taught did, me a bunch of things.
1: Yeah. Um, what did it teach you like in the moment and then tell me about like as you got older like looking back at it like what it taught you? Cuz I'm sure you can only you you know the past happened, right? It's it's it happened, right? Everyone's perspective of it Is their perspective but you can always look back at one point and keep learning lessons from the same thing right right
0: that's what i'm learning anyway well i I think it taught me a couple things in the moment that i didn't really realize until later but one of the things it taught me in the moment was the past is the past i couldn't change it i couldn't go back and uncreate the accident i couldn't go back and be unparalyzed i couldn't go back and get rid of the pain none of that was ever going to change so that was a lesson learned that what happens in the past sometimes you just have to leave in the past you learn from it but what's most important is the present and what you do with the future Mm -hmm. right so that kind of changed my whole way of thinking right there
1: but you learned that on your own because of that incident that's one of the things it wasn't like there was
0: books there nobody was like
1: pouring in you like it was just a lot of time to think you just figure it out yourself
0: (laughs) get a lot of time to think when you're just laying there in bed you know and you you get tired of watching daytime TV. Daytime TV kind of sucks, you know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: soap operas, right? Yeah, yeah right. and game shows. Right? Soap operas <laughs> and game shows. That's yeah. the, at least what it was in the early '90s for me. But
0: yeah, it, it's like, click, turn that stuff off. So that that was probably one of the, the the biggest lessons I got right up front was, hey, you can't you can't change what happened. So what started driving me was, okay, I can't change what happened, but I got another chance at this because I could have been dead, I could have been paralyzed i could have been partially paralyzed but that kind of gave me this, this this vision of you know what not many people really get the opportunity to have a second chance of life mm. so that's kind of where my whole focus on life started to change and it was like you, you know somebody upstairs was taking care of me were you like a man of faith like before that accident yeah, I, happened? I, I went to church you know, when just, went to Lutheran just, church just, just, and, like, and just went fought, through the motions just, like everybody yeah. else does. Yeah, 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 you gotcha, know, and, gotcha. Uh, but one of the things I started doing when, when I was in the hospital is my sister brought me this little tiny, and I carry it in my backpack to this day. It was a little tiny uh, New Testament. Okay. But I started reading every night. I'd read a little bit of it, read a little bit of it, and things like that. Because there's no way that you can think when you're laying there paralyzed after an accident like that, that this just happened and it was happenstance that you're going to be okay. At least I can't feel that way. You know there, some Someone, something had to intervene to be absolutely certain to make sure that you're going to be able to get up and walk again, and you're going to be able to, to go and do things again.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, if
0: you were to look at the x-rays from, from back then, my body was broken. I mean, it was literally almost snapped in half. Somehow, some way, my back and my spinal cord were involved. Everything else broke. Not my spine, not my spinal cord. It's crazy.
1: Hmm. It's crazy. My grandpa... Uh, broke his spinal cord uh in like 1980 in a farming accident. He was paralyzed quadriplegic for the rest of his life. He passed away in 95, but yeah, he uh he was alive but could never, could never feed himself, couldn't ever
0: do anything like that. So, could have been me, yeah, it could have been me. So, that kind of starts changing your whole way of thinking, but I'm still young, right? So, yeah, I'm still, you're, still, you're a young man, so I'm still dumb. Okay, so you learn these things, and then you go out and you get back into life. And like I said, the past is the past. You can't change it. But one of the things I learned in the next 10 years was, you know, even though you can't change the past, if you don't look at the past and see what you did wrong, sometimes you have a tendency to want to do it over again. Yeah,
1: history repeats itself.
0: Exactly. So it took me about 8 or 10 years to figure out that, you know what, you're not really who you think you are. You're not such, you know, this big guy. You're just a guy. But you have to figure out what your real purpose is mm. in life, and it took me it took me a while to figure that out. So how, how did you figure that out? What what was the what was the the point in your life
1: that you know that you said wow well, like where where like it shifted again to where you had more
0: purpose? Well, I think probably what got me off track again was the fact that I was young, and it's like hey look what I came back from yeah. You know, I'm invincible, dude. You know, I, I can do this. Ah. Yeah, I just came back from a debilitating accident. I'm, I'm just fine, right? You know, oh, it's all good. So you start thinking, well, okay, bring it on, man. You know, it, it's all good. It's all good. You can do anything you want. You're like Superman. So now
1: you're right? 35-year-old Superman instead of a 25-year-old Superman. Yeah,
0: 28, 29, 32, right? Yeah, whatever, yeah. You, you tend to lose sight of of what really happened. You never forget it. right. But you it's actually sort just of like, used
1: that as fuel in kind of a weird way, but like it wasn't actually towards a better... It wasn't towards a true purpose. You were still trying to... You didn't know what you didn't know yet.
0: I didn't know what I didn't know, and the other thing was I was so driven from a business standpoint that I just wanted to be this. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to make the most money. And why
1: do you think, that, you think that came from growing up poor? Or where do you think that drive came it, from? It,
0: it, well, the the drive to make money probably came from okay. growing up poor. The, yeah. drive, the drive to be the best, I think, is something that was instilled in me by my mom, okay. first of all, early all right. on, uh, and my dad. And I, I'm just, God hard, hardwired me to say if you're gonna do something, do it right. Gotcha. I, I'm, I'm just, that's just the way I am. If you're gonna do it, if it's worthwhile doing, if you're gonna take the time to do something, you might as well do it the right way. And, and as I got past that period of time, you know, my faith started to grow, obviously, and you, know, you and I have had discussions about that, so. I find that there's a you know there's somebody greater than me, and and that comes very point, humbling.
1: At what point though? So after the accident, after you were still you know Macho Man Harry, you know even seven eight years later, like what? At what point? Like did you take the faith seriously more serious? Well, I took
0: it seriously right after the accident. Okay. And this is a funny story because I, I think as you know, I, I I lead a small group at our church, mm-hmm. and I've told this story to them many times, and asked me the same question. It's like I literally turned my back on God. I literally walked away. And, and and it was like, what are you doing for me? And and like I said, it was still one of those things where it's just, I know what he did for me over here, but now I'm over here. And it's like, I don't, what are you doing for me now? What are you doing for me today? Mm. Right? And it's literally kind of turned my back. And, it's so
1: easy to do. Oh, it's. Like, why? yeah. You,
0: it happens before you even think about it. Yeah. And you then know? once
1: you get lost, like once you start to, like, run away again, like, it's, it's almost
0: like, oh, well, then you're gone. It's just like can Happen quick, yeah, and I probably spent a good, I don't know, five, six years just kind of out there doing my just thing, floating, floating, doing, floating doing, your, doing all the stuff your, I shouldn't have been doing on
1: your own, on your own merit again, yeah. like I'm trying to do on the, your way, the hair being,
0: being out there and drinking and doing all the stuff I shouldn't have been doing, and yeah, you know, going through a couple divorces, and you know, a couple, just, yeah, wow, just, my wife, thank, thank God for my wife right now, she's number three, so you know, <sighs> wow, just got into some in, into some crazy kind of stuff out there for a while, and I still felt this tug i felt this hey tapping me on the shoulder you know look at what happened to you and look at where you are and look at where you've where you've come don't forget how you got there Mm. so my my philosophy on on life started changing a little bit and maybe it's age maybe it was kind of you know the shine of youth kind of started to wear off a little bit and um, maybe it was a fact that, you know, my trajectory at True Value was, was kind of coming to a close because they merged and, you know, the company was so large now that there wasn't a, the, the same trajectory that I had. So maybe now it was just, um, hey, you need to start focusing on, on on who you really are. Was there like a,
1: was there any type of turning point? Was there any type of like life happening? Like, was it after the second divorce? Was there, did, 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 you, did you lose a job? Like, did anything happen that... You like really, that aha moment that like really started then, instead of like the up, down, up,
0: down, it started the up then, like. I don't know that there was really any one thing. Okay. I, I think there were a bunch of things. And a lot of it came from, okay, so, you know, you had this job that you really loved. And, you know, because of a lot of different things that were going on, you decided to make a change. And then I got this great job. I was running this company and. Do doing the whole thing on my own, and then you know Black Monday kind of hit when you know the automotive stocks all fell to pieces, and that company wound up having to close. So it's kind of like that up thing, and then that down thing, and and you know kind of did a bunch of things after that. Started my own business, and that kind of fell apart. And
1: yeah, I remember you telling me about starting your own business. Didn't you have a business partner too? Yeah, and then like that didn't yeah. really work and out just, well. You fun, didn't you like that, lose
0: your, like your your
1: whole life savings and
0: everything? And that, like, yeah, well, I'm not going to talk about that. Let's let, let, let's suffice it to say that I basically started over again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to the point where, and I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for, for any sympathy at this point, but but I remember very, very vividly one day the care pastor from our church knocking on the door, and Marcia and I were sitting there going, maybe we need to start thinking about selling the house, okay? And, I, and, and he, he walked up and he said, somebody left this for you at the church, he said, and, I, and, he, and he wouldn't even talk, and Bob's the kind of guy like me, he'll talk to you forever. Yeah. He just turned around and walked away. And we're thinking about how we're going to make the mortgage payment, hmm. right? Okay? So I walked in and opened up the envelope and started crying. There was like over $500 worth in cash in the envelope with a little note that said, at one point in time, somebody helped me that I didn't even know. And I decided that I was going to save up some money and give it to Bob to give to somebody who needed it at a point in time. And that was the big turning point. I mean, my life just got better from there. It really did. Everything, you know, started turning around, then I started feeling better about myself. How many years ago was that? Five? Six?
1: Oh wow. Pretty That's recently. pretty recent.
0: Yeah. Pretty recently.
1: Five hundred bucks in an envelope coming from the pastor. Like but, and it wasn't even from the pastor, it was from
0: or, some unknown Oh no, it person. wasn't from him. He was just a yeah, delivery but, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And know, and I yeah. mean that you know, I was already on that upstream where I was becoming the, the person who I am now. I was mm. well on that way. But, I mean, there was just one of those moments where... Just another aha moment. Sometimes God looks down and says, okay, now it's time for you to, to remember who I am. And that was one of those, here's who I am kind of things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of you.
1: Really bring you to your knees and, like, just, yeah. like, uh, try yeah, try to serve them
0: even more. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So that was uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, so, I mean, there were a lot of ups and downs in life, and... Um, One of the reasons why I really loved coming here, kind of getting back to what our conversation was Uh up front was, I know you and I had this discussion during our first interview. It's like I'm looking for some place where money is important, but the culture is the most important thing to me. Yeah, I want to get, get to a point where I love working with the people I love with. I want to get to a point where everybody works together rather than against each other. I want to get to a point where people aren't in silos competing with each other, mm-hmm. where it, it's it's a common focus on what the end result is, and the end result is taking care of the customer, taking care of the homeowner. Um, that was the most important thing to me coming here, and, and and that all resulted from all those all the bad things that happened to me throughout life, and seeing how you know people weren't always taken care of, and sometimes people put money in front of you know, doing the job the right way. And mm-hmm. uh, one one of our guiding principles here is do the right thing, right. I tell almost every homeowner that I talk to, it's like, and one of the reasons why I came to this company is one of the guiding principles of this company is always do the right thing. It's one of the reasons why I'm here. Well, I'm there's a the lot of people that
1: say that, though, right? Like it's We like, do it. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> we again, do it, Because dude. I'm the founder and the owner, it's like, you know. But we do it. I hear you. But we do it. I Yeah. I always mean,
0: exceed expectations. I mean, how many companies always, always seek to exceed expectations? Do we always do it? Probably not. We're always trying to, you know, and if, if, if we don't exceed expectations, it's not for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to do that. I mean, this company is so homeowner focused that it's, I wish more people knew about it. I wish more people knew about what Not companies. doing a good job marketing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, when you sit and you talk to people and they see what we do and they see the emphasis we put on following up and, and you know, like me being at a, at a job start in the morning and following up on a phone call that night and saying, hey, how did it go? And then following up like a month later, saying, "Hey, how's things going now?" People don't believe they get that kind of service, and that's that's what we're all about.
1: That's what we do. I mean, listen, I don't even want to be. I'd, I'd rather go work at McDonald's if we can't do it that way. Like I'd literally, Indeed. like I, I would rather just like if we can't do it
0: that way, like I don't want anything to do with it. I mean, that's so different. That's so different than what's out there. You know, companies are so money driven, money driven hmm. that they forget about where the money's coming from.
1: I just feel like I already ha- I got a house, I got a car. I like, I don't know. I can only go. I guess I could maybe come from a different, like, I don't know. We all grew up the same way. I feel like everyone that works here, like, we all grew up with, like, way less than what we have now. And it's like we're so appreciative of just what we have. And it's like, and that's enough. I mean, to me, that's enough. If we get extra, cool. Like, put it to good use, right? You know, I feel like a lot of us here have taken our pain. You know, you've had pain. I've had pain. We turned it into purpose. And that's the whole reason I started this podcast was really to kind of tell these stories of, like, you know, these transformational-like stories of, like, you know, how to overcome adversity you know why do you you know why do some things happen? How do you, can you how do you, can you take something that was in the past right that's a a fixed thing and then continually grow from it? Um and I, and I, and it's a testament to people like you that 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 have these stories that that are that are part of this company and part of this fabric. And Harry, well, I'm really glad to have you. Like it's really well, good. It's, I'm, it's I'm really, really you know what here, you know right? what I love about this company. Don't tell all the young guys at this company, but we have such a great group of like what I call the fifty-five plus. You know, there's like I don't know seven, eight of you. Mm-hmm. I love you know, and part of the reason I think maybe I have so many of you around because I love learning from you. Well, the cool thing, <laughs> it might you. be a little selfish. Like I love just feeling like the energy, like the, and I'm not saying that the young guys don't have the energy and the young girls don't have the energy. But there's just something being surrounded by like that old school, like just that vibe, man.
0: You know what though? Here's the cool thing about Big Fish. I've been in companies before where I'm one of the older guys, and there's the young guys, and the young guys are like, they don't know what they're talking about, and the uh, old guys are like, why would I even take my time to try yeah, to train wow, this that, guy yeah. or try to teach? Yeah, it's not like that. No. I'm telling the culture here. We got something. We can really learn. We can learn
1: from everybody. We have something really. Special here. Oh, that makes me feel good. We do. We, we, I always we wonder, because, you know, I try to stay out of the way, because if I'm in here every day, like I, I can drive people nuts because, like, I'm so, like, you know, oh, you didn't answer the phone like that. Oh, oh, we could do that better, because I am, like, hyper-focused on always trying to get better um, to a point to where, like, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up with that kind of energy, you know? Um, so I try to, like, you know, kind of, I watch from afar. You know, I'm in all the meetings. I, I, I know what's going on. I, I feel it. Um, I'm just glad to hear that, like, that's because that's when I'm dead and gone, and when you're dead and gone, you know, hopefully it's not for another 40 years, but like, yeah, like I want to know that this place is like, you know, because you know, it's going to far, you know, it's going to be here a lot longer than us for sure, you know, because like, you know, it is, it's, it's bigger than just any one person anymore, you it know, is. It, it was it, the Benny totally show is. like in 2015 and 16, maybe even 17. But as we start to get some of these amazing people that are here and like the community and the customers, it's like so much bigger, right? Like the impact that we're making, you talk a lot about impact. What's impact mean to you?
0: Well, in in what I do today, impact to me means making the person that I'm working for, which in this case is the homeowner, making sure that they get not only what they wanted, but more than they expected. Hmm. That's impact. And and it's kind of funny, because that leads me into one of the things that I was gonna say, and and, and that is my, my wife, says this to me every once in a while not often but every once in a while she said you know how long are you gonna work and before i started here it probably would have been well i'm probably gonna work a couple years and "No, i don't want to quit yeah you know i don't want to quit and and the you and i've had this discussion before too the only the only way I wanna like transition out of here is, is is if there's something else out there for me to do that serves people. And, you know, and you and I've had that discussion. There's gonna be a lot of people here. Yeah. There's yeah.
1: gonna be a lot of people here that you can mentor, coach. That, that's, that's what guide, I mean, man. It's, it's plus it's you like have your I'm,
0: church people that you can hang out with. All about wanting to help people at this point. That's that, that's what it That's all, all
1: leadership about. is is helping people. Like, you know, whether you, you you as long as you help one person, you're a leader.
0: I think there's a lot more people we can help just one.
1: No, I know, but like, but like, but even the janitor, like at somewhere, right, or like yep. the fry guy, at like Chick Fil A, yeah. like, if like leadership is just a fancy word for help, like in my in my opinion, You're right, you know, like you know, I know that they have hierarchies and there's you know, and I know I'm the owner, I hate that, like I wish, I feel like everyone owns this company. You know what I mean? I just was the crazy guy that had to start it, you know? And uh, I think
0: everybody feels that way. Well, I think, I think and everybody one day, feels that like they have w- ownership.
1: Yeah, well, they should because, like, I mean, it really does, like, you know, like, I hope that you guys are making – you know, like you guys come up with ideas, right? You guys solve problems. You guys, you know, new processes come. It ain't coming from me anymore. I can tell you that because, like, you know, like you guys are the ones that are out there every day seeing new things, seeing what's happening in the market. If we have to pivot. We change, right? You know, that's the other thing I always like being a part of is, like, I always want to be able to be flexible enough to always keep shifting to, like, what the market wants, what, what the homeowners want, right? What the customers want. And, uh, and- we changing. And it's interesting because, like, you hear so many things like, oh, can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Like, and now I start to feel like I'm the old guy, right? Like, especially as we start seeing, like, I just, I interviewed a 21-year-old today that's going to be a new project manager. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm old enough to be his dad. You're old enough to be my dad. It's like, I feel like, it's like, whoa, like, this is wild. Like, I just had a baby. Like, I just had, like, I have, like, a seven-month-old at home right now. It's like, it's so fascinating.
0: But it's cool watching it grow, right? It
1: is. It is. Like yeah, that's the yeah. And Ed talks about this a lot. Ed's like it's like even when I get really old and I can't like drive to a homeowner's house and help him with a root project, I still wanna be able to sit in my rocking chair and like just watch big fish grow. Right. And like watch what we the impact that we can make on the community and the different people in in our lives and our family's life. Right. Because then like, you, you know, we're, people are watching, right? Like your wife's watching, your family's watching, the people at your church are watching, the people you live up in Cranberry, right? Yep. So the people in Cranberry are watching, you know, they're watching me, they're watching you, they're watching our coworkers, they're watching the way we operate. And eventually, you know, you said, you mentioned, you know, you hope, you know, more people find out about us. Right. And, uh, and they will, they will, you know, at the right time. Right. Because, you know, we wouldn't even be able to take on as many people like, you know, that could, that, that need help. Right. There's, shoot, there's a million homeowners right now in, in the Southwest Pennsylvania that, that they all need help, you know, and I wish we could help them all, but we got to find good people to do business with. Right. And, uh, and we pick them up a couple at a time. Right. Like, and it's almost kind of like I envision myself, like one day I was like all alone and I was walking on this road and then, you know, I met, you know, Ed and Lisa, and and, and boom, they started coming, right? And then we, there was the three of us walk in. and then we picked up, like, David, and Frank, and Tommy, and Steve, and I hope I don't forget anybody's name, but, like, you know, <laughs> and then they started coming. And then we had, like, Rob, and Mallory, and Tori, and Chad, and Valerie, and, and who else am I? I'm probably missing a bunch of people from that era, right? And then, like, you know, you're this recent era, right? And then... And again, we've already I think we're hiring someone else that we're hiring someone else that you worked with that you thought, "Oh, they're going to fit great in this culture." And she is. Yep. And she starts next week, right? Yep. And there's just that's the kind of like it's yeah, that's the kind of power that's and it's going to exponentially grow. And it's the homeowners of Pittsburgh as more people get out there and start spreading the word, um, yeah, it's going to grow and God's going to allow it to happen at the pace that it's supposed to happen. And I always used to say, like, "Oh yeah, we got to do this, we got to do that." It's like, yeah, no, we just got to keep doing the right thing. If we keep doing the right thing, it'll just, it, it, it'll be like a big sequoia tree, and like you know, it might started out as a as a little dandelion, a little seed. You know? yeah, a little, <laughs> little dandelion. I was a little bit, you know, a, a, a weed that was like, you know, just not you know, not knowing how to flourish the right way, but through my own personal life transformation, and then being able to hopefully have impact on everyone else here and, and being open and vulnerable, right? Like it took you a lot of courage, I think, you know, um, to tell that your story in front of, you know, your brand new peers, right? Because everybody was afraid, like, you know, to open up, right? But you took, you you like went right in there and were very authentic. And the more I've learned that if you can lead with authenticity and vulnerability, um, you know, people will people will open up to that. People will receive that.
0: Well, let's face it, and you know, from two different standpoints i mean first of all homeowners out there i think they've come to expect that that most contractors either don't do a good job or they're going to somehow you know not meet their expectations or, or cut corners or whatever and like you said they don't know what we do a lot of them don't know what we do and and the way we exceed expectations and the things that we do is different than than what the rest of the industry is. It's does. hard to put that in a marketing message. It's hard to put we that can't. in a proposal. Like You know, like,
1: you're like, oh, hey, Mr. Homeowner, you know, you're going to get this, 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 this. And here's your price. Oh, my gosh. You're a couple thousand dollars more. Why? Oh, it's our people. Why, everybody says that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's true. Like, it's like you don't know until you know. You know what, Ben? You're right.
0: But here's the thing. Yeah. We can't tell them that. Right. But our customers do. Yeah, I know. 600 plus five-star Google reviews. Yeah. That the people talk, the people speak. Well, and right? even
1: the people that don't leave the, know how to leave the Google review, because I had a lot of customers back in the older days that, like, you know, they didn't know what Google was, they didn't know, like, how to use their phone, but they're still spreading that message, you know, one person at a time. Like the old-fashioned one, kind of like the way Jesus was probably spread back in the old days, you know? One person had an experience, you know... He's, he, they saw the miracle happen. They went into another village. They told somebody, oh, yeah, those people at Big Fish. right? Like, mouth, yeah. It is really
0: like, it's happening. It I, I can feel it. It is. The other side of it, though, is, is being vulnerable. I, I have no problem telling people where I've been. I have no problem telling people some of the, th- the dumb things I've done because I think that to, lead, to be a leader – or, or to, to even try to be a leader. I think you have to show people what your authenticity is. You have, mm. to, you have to let them know that they can count on you when the good or the bad. Yep. And and that you're not going to put on this facade. Well, we're not of, perfect. We'll, we'll, well, look who I am. You yeah. Know, just do what I say. Yeah, well, no. No one's
1: perfect. It doesn't work that that's way. It's how you right? respond, right, to a challenge, right? right? And that's why I also love to, like, I don't even mind every once in a while, like, you know, of course I don't like it when we get a bad review or I don't like that. But, like, I know that our people are responding to those challenges. I know our people are going to respond in a manner because, again, that's the culture that we've created. Because, again, like, there's no, you know, some people do eventually tap out. You know, there's there's situations, right? But it's very few and far between where, like, a homeowner and somebody at Big Fish can't figure out a solution or a path forward. And I think a lot of people just give up. I think customers sometimes give up on contractors. I think contractors give up on customers. You know, I think that um, you know we we kind of lump everybody in together, like, oh, hey, I had a bad con- I had a bad experience with a contractor ten years ago. Now I'm on guard. Every contractor's like that. I get why people say that, you know, but hopefully they can see through our consistency over time, you know. And it's only been 8 years too, which is which is even more fascinating, right? I look back and be like, wow, like, you know, like I don't cuz I don't know any different. But like when I hear stories from guys like you who have been in other companies, who have been places, it does make me feel proud. You should so, be. Yeah, cuz it's be. like yeah, it's only been 8 years. And you know, like sometimes I think, oh, well, we should have a thousand reviews, or we should have like, because I know we've helped. Shoot, we've helped over six thousand customers. Like I, I, I keep track. Like we've had six thousand people like, pay us money for something, you know. And it's like, all right, well, we should have at least six thousand reviews. But like, you know, I have six hundred. And I say only. It's like no, we have six hundred. Shoot, there's restaurants that don't have six hundred reviews. You know how easy it is to like say that was a great hamburger or a steak. You know we're doing fifteen thousand dollar roof jobs and it's like Vietnam. You know I mean stuffs piling all over. I mean it's like a war zone at people's houses. I can't ima- I can't believe it goes as good as it does. But it's uh, it's our cru- you know it's our cruise. It's a, it's a testament to what you created. It's the relationships. I think it's 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 the relationships and the connections. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that you wish we would have covered?
0: Oh, probably a million. Well, what else? You
1: had some notes. Is there anything else you? I know. But is there anything else? We still have a few
0: minutes left. I mean, is there anything else you want to share? No. I mean, um, I I think the biggest thing for me just is, like I said, I keep coming back to that word culture. You know, I I I wish more companies would take the time, the focus, the energy that gets put into the culture here and gets put into the people here to create. The experience that that the end user gets, mm. because I think if they did that, business in the United States would just flourish even more. It's easy. Hey, listen, when you pour into the people, the people pour into the
1: customers, right? Like, and it's just—I mean, to me, it's like I don't know. My whole life, it just seems so obvious. I couldn't figure out why nobody else was doing it. Like I was a little kid, I remember. I'm like, well, why don't everybody do this and do that? And then I got in the real world, and then you know, my boss was, oh, I don't know, we can't do that. And, oh that kid, I, yeah, idea that kid, that kid, kid. He, they kept saying, kid. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's a, that's a terrible idea. And I'm like, no. Like, we should be able to create this world where, like, everyone just does the right thing all the time. And the results will just speak for themselves. Like, we don't have to chase anything. You just, here's what we got to chase. Chase, like, showing up on time, doing what you say you're going to do. And those are, you know, those are really the two guiding principles that really help start this company. So... Harry I'm really glad that you're here because we need we, we need your energy we need your enthusiasm
0: happy to be here and, and you know it's funny we we started out the conversation before we started rolling the cameras but you know what do you want your legacy to be and I said I really really don't want to have a legacy I, I want people to remember me by what I did you know not necessarily by you know I built this building or I did things like that because I think sometimes people get get so involved and I want to have my name on this or I want people to remember me by because I did this or I taught that or whatever and When I think of the word legacy, I think that's probably one of the things that that kind of turns me off maybe about that word. It's like, well, I I don't really want to have, I don't want people to remember me because I put my name on a building. I want people to remember me because of the people that I taught. I want people to remember me because of the people that I helped. To me, that's, that's where my legacy will come from doesn't even need to be my name it's going to be what people do because of their interaction they have with me mm-hmm. and to me that's that's more than any legacy you could build a that is your legacy giant, you, you can your, build that, a giant skyscraper i would say your that, name is, on, that is you your, yeah well that, that's that's, that's a different i know what you're
1: saying i know what you're saying um if you go out and try if you go out and try to over try for, yeah, some type of, like, you know, fame or fortune or celebrity, like, I totally get that. But let me just tell you, I can, fir- I can firmly tell you that when you're dead and gone one day, that you've left a legacy. And it's been a, a freaking amazing legacy. Like, even, like, right now, you could drop over today, right now. I'm just going to tell you that no, story. Not planning no, on it. no, I know. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, it ain't your plan anyway, right? It ain't your plan anyway. Right. God's obviously kept you here for a reason. Absolutely. I mean, He knew you were stubborn in the early days, and now you're stubborn just in a good way, though. Like it's, Definitely. it's like you're. Well, you're going to keep showing up, right? Like you're going to keep, way. you're going to keep going. It's that same personality. You're just using it instead of for bad. Now you're using it for good, right? You're making an impact. So there's five questions I ask every guest. Okay. So there's nobody left on planet Earth. You're by yourself. You're on an island. Okay, you could pack a couple of things. You, you, we we needed. You, you got to take a book. You're only allowed to take one book. What book do you take with you? Oh, that's an easy one for me. Taking the Bible. All right. Uh, what about? You're allowed to take one movie with you. What movie do you take with you? Mm. Something you got to watch over and over
0: again. You're going to think this is really crazy. No. Animal House. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Because it makes me do just that. It makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I laugh every time I watch that movie. You got to laugh, man. Yeah. You
1: got to laugh. That's and I love good. to laugh.
0: I mean, I, I just love to be happy.
1: We got to eat. So
0: what restaurant are you putting on your island? Mm, man, that's a tough one. It's going to have to be something Italian. It's probably going to be a pizza joint.
1: Well, what's your favorite pizza joint? Could be.
0: I've got a bunch of them.
1: I know, but what's the one that you're going to put on your island that you can go to over and over again and not get sick of? You just love it so much.
0: That's a really tough question.
1: Just pick it. Come on, it's right in the top of your head.
0: All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it this way: Domino's.
1: Domino's pizza, the chain. The chain. No way.
0: Let me tell you why. They deliver on time, fast, and it's hot. Now, that being said, is that my favorite pizza? Yeah, but, like, this is, like... That's listen, my favorite experience.
1: Okay, but you're going to be on the island. And you're, like... You, what's the best... What's your favorite... Like, what... What? I get that it's an experience. All right, I'm going to let you pick Domino's, but I have a hard time believing a Domino's, Domino's pizza. is experience. Yeah, yeah, all right. But tell me, like, what's your favorite Italian joint to go eat at? Like, if you're... here, listen, you're taking me out to dinner. Where are we going that you could, like, you know... That, that you love, that you want me to try... And you could eat there over and over and over again. Money's no object. Uh, you don't have to worry about delivery because you're going to be there. They're going to be making the food for you.
0: Man, there are so many. Um, just
1: pick one. I just want to know one. I just want to get. Ins- I want to know what you like. I definitely don't want to go to Domino's because. Of <laughs>
0: well, I'm not going to go to. Domino's.
1: I remember either. Domino's when I was a kid in school on Thursdays. We get Domino's and like you know, it always tasted like cardboard. No offense, Domino's. <laughs> I don't want. To, I
0: don't want to deal with you. So. All right. So if we, if I was going to have one restaurant, yeah. I would probably say I would have it be. Springfield Grill. Where's that at? It's well. One of them's in cranberry. Okay. Yeah. Because they do Italian good. They do steaks good. They do that. That would give me that variety that I want. So I wouldn't have to have the same thing every day. Gotcha. All right. Good. Springfield girl. I'm going to
1: put that on my list because I've never been there before. So that'll be awesome. All right. So you are allowed to take one trip. You go anywhere in the world. And I know you've been to a lot of places. So it could be somewhere you haven't been to yet. Somewhere where you know you want to go back to. You get a week. Where are you going to go?
0: Caribbean islands. Which one? Any
1: of them. Pick one. <laughs> you have a hard time making decision. Pick one. No, nah, I
0: don't have a hard time making
1: decisions. All decision. right. Carousel. Curacao. Yeah. Our buddy Jay lives in Curacao. Mm-hmm. I one of our other video and editor guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. He's actually flying up to, to drive the VCon with Cody next week.
0: Cool. on. I'll, I'll take his place
1: while I was going. To there be. you <laughs> go. That is, that is so wild that you just said that. Yeah. that is so, that's why I wanted you to pick an island, I, I've, ne- I've
0: never been there. And, and it just looks so beautiful, and I mean, yeah. I love the ocean. I love listening to the ocean. Yeah,
1: it's close to Aruba, kind of close to South America. Yeah, awesome.
0: All right, last question. Oh, this is going to be
1: a toughie. This is the toughest one. You got 24 hours. You can spend with one person and ask. You know, spend all day with them. Ask them any questions you want. Pick their brain. It could be somebody famous. Could be somebody from way back in the past. Could be somebody that you know. Could be anybody you want. You get 24 hours. One person. Who's it going to be?
0: They have to be living.
1: It doesn't matter. No, it could be someone dead. It could be someone living. Jesus. Like Jesus in the flesh Jesus. Jesus like the Jesus the that like Jesus the, that in, walked the earth Jesus. I, I would have loved Not to have the been, spirit Jesus. I would like, love
0: to have been spent a day with him when he was here. Wow. That would to me that would have been thoroughly amazing. I mean, I know things were crap back then compared to what we have today and stuff like that. But to see the miracles he did? Yeah. To me that that would just be amazing.
1: And then maybe you could ask him for, hey, Kate, can you bring more people around? Because I'm out here by myself. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> Harry, it's been an honor. I here, really buddy. appreciate you. If you guys got value out of this podcast, I know I did. Like, subscribe. If you have any questions for Harry, put them in the comments. I'll make sure he gets them. Make sure he responds. We'll see you on another episode of the Big Fish Cares podcast every Friday. Thanks and have a great weekend.
0: Thank you for listening to the Big Fish Cares podcast.